when we sent out our announcement, said, who's Greater Trenton? I said, I'm glad you asked, because you know, they're going to have a chance to kind of introduce themselves to a lot of us here in the room. And so without further ado, uh, I'm going to introduce George, or is it Brian? Because you guys work as a tag team. So who's going to uh, introduce Greater Trenton, both George and Brian? It's really so nice to hear all that you do for others throughout the city and the area. And we certainly couldn't do what we do without your efforts. So again, you're all to be commended uh, for what you do. Because again, the, the, for the city to thrive, it's, it's vitally important that it's not just all about buildings, it's not all about companies, it's, it's for the people as well. And the, the fact that you all do what you do, it's, it's vitally, vitally important to our collective efforts. So again, thank you for that. Uh, so what is Greater Trenton, who is Greater Trenton, and, and what do we do? Um, so we, we put together a little slide program, and, and essentially it started off back in 2013 when a group of, of people throughout the city got together and started to look at the challenges of the city and, and why aren't we, we uh, achieving success like some other cities around us. If you look to the north, for example, New Brunswick, you look at the south, Camden, New Jersey, and, and both are doing you know, much, much better than Trenton on an absolute relative basis. And, so when you start to step back and look at some of the key ingredients, and one of the things that was missing from Trenton was an organization like a DevCo up in New Brunswick with uh, Chris Palladino, if, if anyone of, uh, you, you know that, that organization, or Chris, or if you look to the south with Cooper Sperry and Anthony Perno, who does a wonderful job down in Camden. And when you look at what's happening in those respective cities, there, there's quite a bit happening, and, and comparing and contrasting with Trenton, there, there's not so much. And, so again, the, uh, the initiative was started, and um, the idea behind it was really to act as a catalyst for revitalization of the city, and, and with a keen focus on the downtown, essentially. But, but again, doesn't exclude the, uh, the neighborhoods and the people by any means, but the, their primary focus is downtown. And so, you know, Karen Franzini, Skip Sumino, Pete Kassebeck, you know, and others throughout the city got together and started talking about it, and how do we bring things together? Uh, once they, they, they had a the essence of an organization in place, they, they then wanted to try to find a, uh, a chairman of the organization and approached Bernie Flynn of New Jersey Manufacturers. Many of you know Bernie throughout this area and uh, actually the benevolence of, of New Jersey Manufacturing, Bernie is, is, is fantastic. And so they approached Bernie and, and Bernie essentially said, you know, I, I, I'm happy to be involved committed to the cause, but wanted Karen to also be involved in the uh, in the organization as a co-chair. And, and so that was the essence of the organization to get off the ground. From there, they approached other organizations. I see Rob Curley from TD Bank and and, you know, uh, and others that actually joined early on in, in the uh, the organization. And, and you know, it's, it's two things, you know, the, we have the respective organizations that are on our board, and I have a slide that'll show that here momentarily, but, but it's also the people that, that serve from those organizations, and we also have a slide for that. And, and to understand the obligation, it's a five-year, $50,000 per year, uh, so a total of $250,000 per organization. So it's a, it's a very, very heavy lift. It's a big commitment, and very thankful for, for each of the uh, board members that we have. And also, before I begin, one of the news, uh, Brian Evans, uh, Vice President of Marketing Communications for us, that, that puts together a lot of this stuff that you'll see here. And actually put, not all of it, or, or not some of it, all of it. <laughs> so, so, Brian, it does a wonderful job for us. But uh, next slide, please, Brian. He also does a very good job advancing slides. <laughs> so, uh, not 
not, not such a good job. Yeah, there. Good time. Time. <laughs> oh. Well, now that you've seen the whole presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> Some of the, the best and the, the largest organizations in the region. So, uh, from the pharmaceutical, for example, we have Bristol Myers Squibb and Janssen. Uh, from banking, TD Investors, also represented in their own country, and in uh, Wells Fargo. Uh, we have two universities, Thomas Edison and Princeton University, also represented in their own. So, thank you for that. We have um, also PSNG, New Jersey Manufacturers, and then two hospitals, Capital uh, Health and St. Francis as well. So. Uh, so it's a broad representation of companies in the area, but, but again, it's, Brown, next slide, please. So you know, talked about the organizations themselves, but it's also the, the right people from these respective organizations. Rob Curley, for example, president of TD Bank, and, um, and, and other senior leadership. You know, so again, talked about Bernie Flynn, president and CEO of New Jersey Manufacturers, a $7 billion organization uh, located very close by. <coughs> Brendan Ross Dolan, oh, not sure how we, okay. Uh, Brenda Ross Dolan has since uh, left uh, Wells Fargo, so we're working on a replacement for uh, for Brenda. But you know, Paul Biondi. So if you start looking, the the senior people from the organizations that that are around the table. So when we when we start to look and talk about what we're doing, and, and relationships are so key in what we try to do. And so when we're we're you know, here there, there may be a company interested or something happening that that uh, we, we might be able to get involved that can make a difference in the city. We immediately turn to the board and say, who knows who uh, from that organization and how can we lever to try to do a top-down approach rather than try to work your way through the system. And inevitably, someone knows someone from one of the organizations that we're trying to get in contact with and, and we can lever that, that relationship. Next slide, please. So mission statement for Greater Trenton. Uh, Greater Trenton facilitates development and revitalization of downtown Trenton by serving as an expert resource to businesses, developers, and community partners. Now, so one, one of the things, as far as background, before coming to Greater Trenton uh, a little more than a year ago, I was a developer for, uh, for Brandywine Realty Trust most recently for 18 years. And uh, immediately before coming here, I was a developer for Subaru's North American headquarters that's under construction in Camden right now. It's a $118 million project. And um, it was great because before Subaru came to Camden, uh, there, there was things happening, but not from a corporate perspective. And when Subaru announced that they were moving to Canada, it changed the conversation about the city. Where at that point, people, if you think about real estate directors for, for large companies, it tends to be a herd mentality in a lot of ways. And when Subaru announced that they were moving into Camden, all of a sudden the conversation changed about Camden, rather than why, why Camden to why not Camden. And I'd like to think that we can have a similar result here in, in Trenton, because there's no reason in the world that all this activity is happening down in Camden and in Brunswick and elsewhere throughout this region, and not, not so much happening here in Trenton. So, next slide, please, Brian. Our vision have Greater Trenton be regarded as an essential partner in projects and partnerships that result in the vibrant downtown Trenton for residents, community institutions, and businesses. Again, we talked earlier about residents in the community institutions, but also from the business side, because you know the opportunity is to have residents work in these companies and work on the projects and, and also 
we'll be talking later about you know, workforce training and how do we make the residents that are here. So it, it's, it's important because there, there's 84,000 people that live in Trenton now. And thanks to all of you that actually live here in the city already. But also, if, if you look at the potential, because the city, depending on who you speak with, uh, peaked anywhere around 150 to 155,000 people in its heyday. And so we have plenty of capacity here. And, and so the idea to attract new residents, because it's, it's got so many assets and so many opportunities, but also engaging with existing residents as well and making it a better place for all. So it's not, you know, you'll hear a lot about, you know, why cities are in, in particularly urban areas with transit orientation are, are starting to thrive right now because people want to be there. The connectivity, you know, a lot of millennials don't want cars anymore. And, and so the opportunity here in Trenton to have the transit station and, and all the other amenities that we have here locally just makes tremendous sense. And we really won't be overburdening the system because, again, we have the capacity here and certainly have the infrastructure here. Uh, next slide, please. So our goals, you know, the, we have six goals and this is all part of our strategic plan that we had uh, put in place with input from you know, about 30 different uh, meetings and people uh, representing various organizations throughout the city from public, private, resident groups, uh, for-profit, not-for-profit. And so our goal is uh, uh, marketing, partnerships, safety, Business concierge services, project support and coordination, and sustainability. So, you know, for marketing, you know, the uh, the idea is to put information together because when when we we started the organization, it was amazing just how little information there was readily available. And so we started to create information, and you'll see some of that, the effort that we uh, we put together on some of the the uh, packages and proposals that we're now putting together. You know, partnerships, again, collaboration with, with a lot of the folks here in this room and outside of this room on both a public and a private basis and try to leverage relationships that we all have. Uh, again, you can't do it alone and, and the opportunity does exist to try to leverage those, those relationships. You know, safety is so critical here in the city and, and you know, it's, uh, again, there, there are some things that we'll, we'll be taking the lead on, other things that we'll be partnering on and others we'll be cheerleaders on and, and, and everywhere in between. And, and, you know, safety can be a very complex issue, as you all know, and, and so again, we'll be supporting those efforts because, again, it's vital to our collective success and safety. Uh, business concierge services. Um, you know, the issue there is try to make it easy. So when a developer, an investor, broker wants to find information out on Trenton, we'd like to be the key source that people can come to and say, you know, we can make it easy for you. What are you looking for? Where do you need it? And, and we'll be there to help and, and have databases available. and. and you know, a lot of the information, and what we'll do, we generate information internally and allow it to be accessible externally. Uh, because recognizing it's important for, for people to have access, easy access to it. Uh, project support and co uh, coordination. Uh, again, from prior experience, a lot of times, you know, uh, I'll get invited into meetings with uh, either developers or brokers, and, and you know, uh, not for a fee or anything, but just to try to expedite uh, the, the process and, and act as a barometer in some cases on, on you know, just acting as a screen when looking at their information and say, you know, here's, if you, if you change your characterization, characterization of some of the information, you might be able to make it look even more attractive to investors or, or uh, prospective companies. And finally, sustainability. You know, the idea there is, is to make sure the organization, you know, has sustainability beyond just the initial five-year period. And, and it's also sustainable from the, the lead perspective to make sure that new construction is done in a smart growth way and, and in accordance with good, uh, good development practices. Uh, next slide, please. So, um, 
what have we done? And this is one of the more exciting projects of, of some consequence here for all of North America. And, and you may have heard of Amazon. <laughs> who, who hasn't heard of Amazon? <laughs> so, uh, so October 19th, um, Amazon asked for proposals to be submitted on a, what they call HQ2. It's a $5 billion with a B headquarters. They're currently headquartered out in Seattle now. And um, what they asked for is for cities across North America to come up with a program for their new headquarters. And, and so again, when we started to think about it, I said, you know, can we accommodate them? Where can we accommodate them? How can we do it? And at that point, we sat down with uh, Wallace Roberts and Todd, they're a nationally renowned planning firm based in Philadelphia, and said, you know, how can we do this? And it doesn't make sense. And if not, put the pencils down. And let's not waste time, let's not waste money, and, and not, like, let's not fool ourselves into thinking we, we can accommodate them. Because again, the idea is if we need to go 40 stories, 50 stories, at that point mathematically it would work, but physically it just doesn't work. And so, uh, so we, we put together a very nice proposal. And again, Brian, props on, uh, big props on, on this because it really turned out very, very nicely. Uh, next slide, please. So, so uh, Amazon, um, much like they reinvented the retail business, they, they've reinvented the RFP process. And again, so they, they put the RFP out and they basically said, any, anybody in, in North America can go ahead and submit and wow us and show us what you have. So the, uh, they had five primary criteria, four of which shown on this slide. So proximity to a major uh, population center, basically. And so when you think about it, Trenton now connects Philadelphia, which has 6.1 million residents, and easily accessible to Manhattan, the New York MSA, with 20.1 million people. Next, they said, okay, proximity to an international airport uh, within 45 minutes. Again, Trenton, we can check that box. We have Philadelphia International, Newark International. Believe it or not, Allentown, Pennsylvania calls themselves an international airport, so we ran with that too. But, uh, <laughs> and then on uh, access to mass transit here at the site, and, and again, easily check that box as well with the Trenton Transit Station and, and all the amenities that happen there. Uh, next slide, please, Brian. And then the other was uh, initial occupancy of 500,000 square feet or more. And, and we can certainly accommodate that. And, and, uh, and the idea was to try to put them right at the train station. Because again, in addition to 8, uh, 8 million square feet of office space and, and $5 billion, there's 50,000 employees. Uh, high paying jobs. He said average employee would have $100,000. I don't know if that's because Bezos is the world's wealthiest man. He makes like 50 billion a year or something, but uh, everybody else. But uh, you know, it, it's pretty amazing when you think 50,000 people averaging $100,000 per job. Uh, next slide, please. So the, the connectivity here, and so this really emphasized. So if you go, uh, you know, I, I didn't bring my laser pointer, but uh, let's see. So we uh, we want to point out LaGuardia Airport up here, Newark Airport here. Trenton Regional Airport and then Philadelphia at the bottom. But it also touches on the, the rail access. So we have the Northeast Carter Line, as you know, and then also the highway systems are in place. And when you start to look at it in this context, all of a sudden it sort of makes sense from a locational perspective. So you say, boy, we can really check all those boxes. It's pretty exciting. Uh, next slide, please. Then from an operational perspective, so again, locationally we have it. Operationally, they, uh, they have, Amazon has seven fulfillment centers of a million square feet or more in uh, New Jersey, plus another four in eastern Pennsylvania. So again, when you start to think of it, now they have 11 <laughs> fulfillment centers, otherwise known as warehouses, but they're, um, but 11 in close proximity to Trenton. So from a operational perspective, we also can check a very strong box. Uh, next slide, please, Barry. 
And so here's where, you know, uh, we start talking about the campuses. And before I go to the campuses, though, so locationally, operationally, and then economically, you may have heard Governor Christie talk about uh, five billion, again, with a B, of economic incentives for tax credits if they were to move here and create 50,000 jobs over 50 years, uh, up to 50 years. And so now all of a sudden you have location, you've got operations, and economics all, all coming into play. And it seems to make a whole lot of sense when you're looking in that context. And so, again, with those boxes all checked, how can you, how can you accommodate them within Trenton? So it came up with an idea. There are five different campuses. Uh, station uh, campus is number one at the Trenton train station. Uh, number two is a downtown campus. And the idea there is connecting the downtown and through, connecting to and through the downtown to the riverfront from the train station. Number three is Riverside Campus North, otherwise known as State Surface Parking Lots on Route 29 in the Delaware River, some of the best sites in the entire city. Uh, number four is Riverside Campus South, which is otherwise known as the ballpark in, in the surface lots that are down there. And then uh, Roebling Campus, which is number five, and that really incorporates both of the light rail stations that are already in place and all the Roebling buildings that are in place and renovating those for office. And uh, the other thing, if you see the total square footage here, we came up with over 14 million square feet of space. Uh, Amazon needs 8 million square feet, so the excess 6.3 million square feet could be residential, could be retail, could be structured parking garages. We're really trying to look at the context of the city by going vertical rather than spreading out on, uh, on the surface as, as, we have so, uh, have, as we have done so much traditionally in the past. Uh, the, the other thing about the, uh, the Roebling campus is interesting. If you see their Seattle campus where they're currently headquartered, a lot of their, their buildings are existing uh, industrial buildings that have been converted into office. And so this would be a blend of the old renovated to look like new in conjunction with the new buildings that would otherwise be created. Next slide, please. And so this shows the uh, delineation of each of the campuses shown here. So, so again, you can see the station campus, uh, the downtown campus, and, and how do we link the, the downtown campus there too? If you think about the S&P Creek, serving as a connector between you know, the downtown and the station campus and the riverfront. So now it really creates a, a bike path and walking path down using the Aspen Creek as a primary connector. And also uh, Cass Street, so we have a, a total loop that's established now between all five campuses because again, connectivity is going to be important. But 50,000 people, you also wanted to dissipate 50,000 people throughout the city, not concentrate them in one spot. And so this does that. Again, my earlier point about eight to 4,000 people in the city, if all 50,000 Amazon people moved into the city, we're 134,000 people, still way less than our population here in the city. But again, it <coughs> does give you a good sense of how the whole thing can work. And the next slide, please. And then this shows without the shading, but you know, the important aspect here is that we create this essentially by building out on, you know, if it's a surface parking lot, we assume we built on it. If it's under underutilized under building, also that's in pretty bad shape, we assume that it'd either be renovated or demolished and made new. And uh, if you look at the scale, uh, if you see, we have primarily 15-story buildings in areas where we have taller buildings already at the train station and things, and down on the waterfront. And even in the waterfront, we have 15 stepping down to five stories, so we maintain view lines and uh, maintain you know, a, a good scale relative to, to these uh, surrounding areas. We don't displace a single resident as part of this thing, and um, so it's important to us to make sure we do that, and also respect the neighborhoods and the Trenton 250 master plan. So 
again, this, this checks a lot of boxes internally and externally for us all. And uh, it's an exciting potential for us. Uh, next slide, please. Then one of the things, how do we connect the Riverside North and the Riverside South campuses? And uh, especially when you have the river, you have train trestles, you have highway overpasses, and, and very limited uh, real estate to work with. So the idea of building out over the river and creating this bike and pedestrian path, much like they've done in Philadelphia and elsewhere around the country, build out over the river so now we have that connectivity without having to do a whole lot of displacement of, um, of some of the other things that already exist down there and become extremely expensive. But some of the other things that we do assume here, and you can see the Amazon drone there in the top corner. <laughs> <laughs> so we did have some fun with it. And, uh, but you know, the idea behind it, though, is, is uh, relocating Route 29, for example, engaging with, uh, with Cadwater Park, creating additional parks throughout the city. And, and look, it's a $5 billion project. And if Amazon gets $5 billion in tax credits, you know, it's, it's a huge project for, for everyone. And, and Amazon shouldn't be the only beneficiary. So the idea behind it is how do we make it better for the city? And, and so again, we took opportunities to show what can be done here. And, and again, it's huge potential. It's uh, it's a long shot. They did receive 238 submissions, but we like our chances. You know, it's one that um, you know it's it's one that you know you don't know unless you're in the game. And, and look, the more we talk about it, the, the more you believe. And, and it's one of these things that you can see the potential. And, and if not for Amazon. It does present a bit of a conceptual plan for other companies, either individually, collectively, in service as a blueprint to say, you know what, how can you accommodate future businesses throughout the other region? And again, not just the businesses, but residential, mixed-use development that, that really act as an engine for the, uh, the city to continue to grow uh, well into the future. So, happy to entertain any questions from anyone.